Hello and welcome to Music and Film Saves the World podcast. My name is Chris Rice and in this episode it's uh, a Star Wars. We're returning to the galaxy far, far away as Gaz Jones and I uh, count down our favourite Star Wars films. Um, I'm introducing this on my own at the moment because I've recorded this little segment separately. So as Gaz and I often do, we rambled on for quite a while. So I've split this podcast into two. So um, we've got an hour and just over an hour um, of us talking about sort of our sort of 11 till 11 to 6, I think, of favourite Star Wars. And then you'll have the top five next week um, or next time, should I say. Um, and the other little thing is um, when I was editing this podcast, I noticed that this was the first time I'd used my mic as we recorded this a little while ago. So the Book of Boba Fett hadn't been released yet, the TV series. The Obi-Wan Kenobi had been announced, but not the release date. And it's coming out May the 25th, um, May the 27th, 2022. But I noticed that the echo was on my mic. So there's a slight echo to my voice. I hope that doesn't spoil the listening of it. But uh, yes, that's that. So without further ado... Let's continue, and as I say, we recorded this about a year ago, and we're counting down our favourite Star Wars films. Please enjoy. Hello there, and welcome to Music and Film Saves the World podcast. My name is Chris Rice. I'm here with my good friend, Gareth Jones. The force is strong with this one. Ah, and he's given a hint of what we're talking about today, so it's... uh... Yes, it's Star Wars. We're going to count down all 11 Star Wars films. So it is the live action feature films. We're not including Star Wars, the Clone Wars animated film, which was, even though it was released in the cinema, is more of a less of a pilot for the TV show. We're not including any of the TV shows. So none of the animated TV shows and not the Mandalorian either, even though we might have a little chat about it at some stage in the podcast. So it's just the 11 feature films that have been released by Lucasfilm stroke Disney since 1977, um, with the last one at the moment being in 2019. So that's what we're counting down. Um, And we're doing it in a way um, that um, will go through our lists one by one. And then we when we both get to the specific film, we'll then talk about it. It'll become evident as we go through it. So. Very quickly, uh, Gareth, before we start, the top 11. Now, I've always found, I've always thought when someone says, what's Gareth's favourite franchise? I always would associate you with James Bond. Always. I know you like other things. I know that. I know that. But I don't know where he still is. But what's your, where does Star Wars rank for you as a franchise or as a series of films compared to other things that are out there, other stuff that you like? I mean, probably over the last, um, you know, best part of 10 years since since um, Disney started buying everything until yeah. all are one. Star Wars probably is my favorite franchise now. Oh, I really? Think, because I, I, genu- I genuinely ne- never thought, of, you know, when... Um, uh, Revenge of the Sith came out in 2005, 2005, yeah, you know, I thought, okay, well, that's it, done and dusted, fine, yeah. let's move on, let's, you know, let, let, let's try and forget <laughs> the last kind of few films, and, yeah. but, you know, when, when Disney bought it, and the fact that Abrams was on board, and then all the news started coming out about the new cast and stuff, I, I, I was so in. And it was wonderful getting so emotionally invested again in something that I had so much emotional investment in when I was a child. Yeah. It was it was wonderful. Yeah. To be honest, I think it is my my favourite um, franchise. I think yeah. over over even over Bond, even over yeah. Bond. Yeah, oh, amazing. Well, I mean, it's always been mine, as you well know. Mm. Um, mm. I mean, I can, I cannot, you know, the the actual thought when I, I can remember reading um I think it was either in 2012 or 2013 when it was announced that episode seven was going to be Disney had bought Lucasfilm it came completely out of the blue there was yeah. no there was no rumors you know there's often rumors about stuff and who's buying what there was no rumors about it and it was suddenly Disney had bought Lucasfilm episode seven going into production J.J. Abrams directing and I could not believe it and 
Um, funny enough, um, the day before, I think it was 2012 it was announced. The day before, um, um, my, my partner, she said to me, she goes, oh, you having a you having the day off to go and watch Skyfall, the James Bond film? And I said to her, I'll only have a day off to go and watch either a Star Wars or Indiana Jones film. That's the only reason I would really have a day off. And I said, so they're never making any of those again. I'm fairly confident they're not making either of them. That was the day before the announcement. Really? <laughs> That's incredible. Honestly, that is that is true. It was the day nice. before the announcement. And as soon as Disney did Lucasfilm, even though nothing else was announced, then thought, well, they'll make Indiana Jones then. They'll do an Indiana Jones eventually. Well, as, as um, so, um, yeah, and I, I, I still do, I do have a day off when the Star Wars film comes out, so I can go and watch it as early as I possibly can. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but uh, so I mean, Star Wars has always been my favourite franchise. I mean, obviously, when we go through the films, we'll, I'll, I'll talk, we'll talk a little bit more of when we first saw it and how it means to us um, when we go through some of these films. So I won't dwell on too too much of it now. And we'll and also what's going to be interesting. Because I think the way that you've just spoken there, I think you and my feeling about the franchise, even that is at the moment, is going to be very similar. Because there's a lot of different opinions of the, of the of Disney doing Star Wars mm-hmm. on the internet. Some of them aren't great. <laughs> no. And we'll try and address some of it with some of the films that have come in here as well. Because it's an, it's interesting, some of the fan culture, some of the fans' opinions of stuff and Mm. and how it, they feel that it sort of brings down stuff that had been brought out in the past and all that type of thing. But we'll try and address that as we go along. So, okay, Gareth, let's start with number 11. What is your, and to be honest with you, before I start now, before I actually do this, I will say I, I enjoy watching every Star Wars film. There's worst one, there's, I can get something from every single Star Wars mm. film. Oh, yeah, but yeah. It, even the one that it's obviously one at number 11 <laughs> yeah, yeah you know even yeah like, like you say you know even the ones at the very bottom they've still got a few redeeming features they yeah. they just have they just have there's a couple you know as i'm sure and if it's john goes, williams score yeah it is. <laughs> exactly it's always good even if it's the 20th century fox fanfare at the start yeah, yeah. Uh, okay uh coming in at um 11th place is uh, Caravan of Courage. No. Coming in at 11th place uh, is Attack of the Clones. Coming in at 11th place for me is Attack of the Clones. Uh, okay, you see. <laughs> if, yeah. if this topic is exactly the same, it will be really funny. We don't know what no. each other has put. So, um, yeah. yes, Clones. I mean, when I saw this in the cinema and I came out of the cinema to see it, I wasn't. I thought it was really good. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I initially thought, well, I like. I was the same. It was, um, well, it's an improvement on Phantom Menace. I was almost trying to prove, you know, force myself to say yes, you know. But I, I watched it again last year. I think I did. I this was one of the ones that I didn't watch for the run-up of to this podcast because yeah. I watched it. Like, last time I watched it was last year, and whew, it's bad. It's a bad film. To be honest, I think it's the only Star Wars film that if I'm watching them doing a rewatch of them all, it's the one I go, oh, I've got to get through this one. <laughs> and you just wouldn't think that you'd think that about a Star Wars film. And this is probably the only one, actually, that I mm. think that to um i think the, the thing is you come out of the cinema and the star wars films always such a spectacle and at the time at time even though they now look a little bit dated the special effects were awesome the battle yeah. seeing jedis doing going into battle against those um the droids the droid army and never seen that jedi sort of army before was amazing and that beginning of the clone wars ground battle and yoda doing his thing and all that type of thing I think that sort of last half hour, 45 minutes sort of made you forget what had come before. Mm. But it's slow, isn't it? It's slow. It's slow. It's slow. Oh, it, even, 
even oh. Obi Wan doing the his detective work is slow and. Oh, I, I didn't mind that bit. So you know the the, the assassination plot and the detective work that Obi Wan yeah. does, I actually quite like that sequence and yeah. the culminates in in the whole sequence with Jango Fett, which I think is probably my favourite bit from the film. Yeah, yeah. The, the um, actual the chase through the asteroid field is really good actually. Yeah, um, but I don't know, man. It's poor old Hayden Christensen. You know, I don't necessarily think it's all. It's. I mean, I know he got. He's, he's had a lot of flack over the years, but I don't necessarily think it's his fault. Fault. Well, no, I think he's been with... told to like that because Natalie Portman's acting a little bit sort of bland, yeah, and we all know man, from she's a good actress. She's a actress. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you have to look. Watch his Black Swan and Leon and uh, yeah. some of the other stuff she's yeah. she's done over the years to know she's a great actress. So and. You know, and Leon came before this. She was very young in Leon, and she's yeah. brilliant in that. So it's, and even sort of Ewan McGregor probably is the one that sort of elevates it at times. He's, he's, mm. he feels like he's being restrained, sort of pushed back a bit. And, um, you know, and even Samuel Jackson, I always find that uh, Mace Window's the grumpiest Jedi ever. <laughs> he's such a grump throughout it. And, yeah. um, you know, Christopher Lee doesn't get in. They're sort of the main villain. You don't really know who the main villain is, and, and Count Dooku's sort of pretending he's good, but because you'd have never met him before, he sort of comes in almost an hour and a half into the film. It's well into the film before he's even introduced. I think it's when Obi Wan's just been captured. So it's a, it's oddly paced, um, and. Sort of things aren't explained. A C-3PO suddenly with his, you know, I always felt that he would that Episode Two would be the one where he goes and rescues the slaves because that's the dream he has in the Phantom Menace that he comes and rescues the slave. So you automatically, think, oh, that's what he's going to do in Episode Two. He's going to come rescue the slaves, pick up his mum. Something might happen to his mum in the process, or she she meets the uncle and aunt or whatever. They get three PO back. That sort of made sense to me, but none of that sort of happens. You know, he no. turns up, his mum's already been captured by the Sam people. He met these random sort of step relatives and 3PO's now been made up. And it's just, it's just all over the place. And the romance plot is so bland. It's, yeah, it's all over the place, isn't it, really? And it's, and it's, it is, and it's, it's dull. It's, and for start, it shouldn't be dull. No, it shouldn't be dull. The whole love story sequence um, where... Anakin is wooing um, Amidala, and it's yeah. It, I don't like sand. That whole th- oh yeah. Well, he's so sort of grumpy and sullen. And <laughs> yeah, it's like a scrappy teenager at times. He says really creepy things at the beginning as well. He goes so the way he says it is also a bit okay. He goes, why is she falling for him? There's no yeah, reason for her to fall. Uh, I mean, even she says, Anakin, boy, you've grown. You thought, well, I hope so because I was. I was ten the last time. Yeah. It's ten years late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I had, um, you know, the, yeah, the, the, the special effect. Even at the time, um, I, I had massive issues with Yoda now being a computer-generated character. Yeah. You know, he, he had the, in Empire and obviously Jedi. You knew it was a puppet, but. Yeah. But you almost kind of forgot that it was a puppet. That it was this yeah. kind of frail old. Yeah, no, person, no, but you know, it's or, done you know, so well. Done yeah, so and well and you know, I I had issue all of a sudden Yoda, you know, bouncing off walls and and fighting yeah. Duke at the end. I had massive issues with that. See, a lot of people say that that's the redeeming feature for this film, but it wasn't for me at all. I I, I was just like, nah, no, it doesn't <laughs> work. I'm sorry. All of a sudden, Yoda is like crouching tiger, hidden dragon. I'm yeah, sorry, no, yeah. no, that's that's. It works a bit Yoda. better. It works a bit better in Revenge of the Sith. Mm, yeah, when I suppose. Battling the Emperor, it works a bit better in that. Yeah. But I mean, they um, the problem also they used a puppet in the Phantom Menace, but the puppet didn't look very good. The puppet looks nothing like it. No, I know, it's strange, and wasn't so, it? So in the Blu-ray releases, they have compute. They've replaced the puppet mm. with computer generation, mm. and it, they've made him look like Yoda. And <laughs> at least it's sort of then it made it. And but they, it, it makes him at least it 
goes along with what he's supposed to look like. So George Lucas, bad, George but... Lucas fiddling with the films again. What a surprise! Yeah, yeah, but I think this one's <laughs> Just leave them one alone, the George. Leave them alone. No, no. It's fine. I think this one's one for the best, though, because Yoda's puppet in Phantom Menace just didn't look like him. Um, um, and I know they used a puppet again for The Last Jedi, um, and it works again. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's not too much more to say about it. There is some good sequences in it, um, but it's all over the place. Um, we'll probably get on this a little bit later. The prequel trilogy has a mixed opportunity it's a missed opportunity, I think, um, of showing the having the having the films actually set in the Clone Wars, rather than a setup for a computer for an animated series, yes, which especially is very how, good. Especially how this film ends. Yeah, yeah. You know. The, um, yeah. Well, arguably, problem. arguably, the Phantom Menace should have ended with the Clone Wars beginning, mm. and this film should have been Star Wars Episode Two. The Clone Wars, basically, and yeah. the whole film's Clone Wars, and then Revenge of the Sith. It's the Clone Wars ending, so this film should have been the Clone Wars, yeah. but it just really is a setup for a computer animated series. Because then what happens is you have Episode Two, the Clone Wars begins, it goes straight into Episode Three, the Clone Wars are ending. So you actually don't see these fabled Clone Wars. That, no. Um, and I know the idea of Star Wars of the Skywalker saga, so to speak, is to concentrate more on the characters, but there's a missed opportunity there, I think, um, of, of actually showing the Clone Wars. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Right then, that's Attack of the Clones number 11. Um, what's your number 10? Uh, my number 10 is uh, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> my, my number 10 is The Phantom Menace. Now, I watched this not that long ago, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Are you feeling all right? Yeah, you feeling I really okay. enjoyed that. <laughs> um, I mean, Darth the Darth Maul sequence and lightsaber yeah, fight yeah, yeah. is still this... uh, is, uh, is still brilliant, and it's probably the best lightsaber fight of them all mm. in all Star Wars films. It, it's that that bit is absolutely brilliant, and we can't escape the feeling that I had when I first saw that trailer and saw that double-sided lightsaber and all this new stuff. It just seems so weird to see new Star Wars after 13 years that I don't think any film could have ever lived up to the hype. I don't think I've ever seen a film this hyped as no, the fans. No. I mean, that, that summer of... Well, the first trailer came out in, like, 98, I think. Would have done, yeah, yeah. It was a long time yeah. before. And yeah. I remember... <laughs> um, at the time having <clears throat> you know no one had broadband in 1998 and I remember going on the starwars.com website to yeah. try and watch the trailer and I remember it taking I don't know maybe three four hours of buffering before I could watch this one and a half minute trailer on this tiny little kind of pixelated quick time movie player. Yeah. That makes yeah. it quick time. My, God. Yeah. Um, my brother being... downloaded it. My brother downloaded it onto my dad's computer and it was like a postage stamp. The size yeah. of it. To watch it yeah, properly, yeah. it was a postage stamp. Yeah. yeah. I remember being so excited. And I remember the Jewel of the Fates video being on it, being the most requested song on MTV. Yeah. I at mean, the time. It's that... crazy. But that, piece, but that piece of music. of music is still one of the very best pieces John Williams has ever composed. Like, yeah, ever. Yeah. It's incredible. And again, you know, for that alone, this is better than um, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. You know, Duel of the Fates, the pod race. The pod race is, is great. And, yeah, the first time you see the double-headed lightsaber... Yeah. You're talking about if you're talking about all-time classic Star Wars moments. Yeah, that's it. That's I remember for all the disappointments of mm. especially at, even the opening crawl at the start, all about um, God, you know, trade the trade routes, routes and politics routes, yeah. and embargoes. It was like really, I've been waiting 16 years, and I don't want a political movie. I want a Star Wars. <laughs> You know, um, but and you're sort of like, what? So, what? what? Yeah, What's... I couldn't understand <laughs> so it. Why, I was are they, like, why, why are they not letting them go? <laughs> what? You know, yeah, but I suppose I, I don't know. 
Lucas always said in those intervening years that Star Wars films were kids' movies. And for this, yeah. I think kind of went he doubled down on making the ultimate yeah. children's movie, I guess. And yeah, I think, yeah. unfortunately, for, for the people that were Star Wars fans back in the day who were yeah. children, they are now yeah. adults. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't think he knew... It was like a kid's movie with an adult storyline, but the storyline yeah. didn't really kind of go anywhere. But there are definite moments in this film that are great. I think Qui-Gon Jinn was a really interesting character. Yeah, Again, Liam yeah. Neeson's like he's acting in a different film. Yeah, completely. At, at and it's, it's, he's um, the only one who seems to be trying. Because yeah. uh, Ewan McGregor's not really in love. No, no, um, no. Um, and... Um, I mean, because this is what annoys me a little bit with Attack of the Clones. You never really get that friendship with Obi-Wan and Anakin because they're not together. Exactly. They're not together enough in the films. I mean, they hardly meet in this. They meet in this one sort of just, but Qui-Gon's sort of like the person looking after Anakin. So episode two, you sort of see them together at the beginning, and then they're not together. Really, Attack of the Clones, Anakin and Obi-Wan should have been together for the whole film. Because then you can cement their friendship, and then it makes it worse in episode three when he goes bad. And I also think one actor should have played Anakin throughout the whole of the prequel trilogy. Yeah, no, I completely I think, agree. I, completely I think agree. Jake Lloyd, Anakin's as young as he is because that was the age of Lucas's adopted son. I think I think it was adopted son. His son at the time was that age, mm-hmm. and that just. What you've just been saying just says it right there. You, he basically to have that parallel with the original trilogy, he needed to be an actor around Mark Hamill's age who grows throughout those six, seven years they're making those films. So it's the same actor throughout that. Tr- so because the problem also with Attack of the Clones is Hayden Christensen you've never seen before. So it's almost like another new character again, and he doesn't really seem to be the same character from no. Phantom Menace. He doesn't um, even look like him. Um, And I think originally the original script to the Phantom Menace, I used to have this script book and they had the drawings and definitely Anakin was drawn a bit older, maybe not as old as Luke, but I, you know, more 15, 16 type of age. Yeah. Um, I think the film would have probably worked. I think the film would have worked better if it was someone who was like early teens. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, Because, Jake Lloyd's acting isn't great. I don't necessarily think it's his fault, to be honest. Sorry, Once sorry, again, sorry. I think it's... Uh, I mean, the the actor for Jar- who played Jar Jar Binks has had a lot of flack himself over the years unfairly, but this is only doing what... At the time, I mean, the actual special effect of Jar Jar Binks was revolutionary. You yeah. know, that sort of performance capture, um, full CGI character was it never really been done before. So... You can't um, blame the actor. He was just doing it. He was, he was, he was a, you know, he was an actor. He was just uh, reading a script. Doing, so yeah, he's got, uh, he'd have write the script, yeah. um, you know, and the, yeah, the, the flack he's taken over the years. Um, well, I, know, I mean, the reason why Jar Jar's not in much in Attack of the Clothes and, and literally he's not in at all in Revenge of the Sith, apart from you see him in the background, is because of the, the fan backlash from the Phantom yeah. Menace. I, I, I feel that Lucas wanted Jar Jar to be the equivalent of Chewbacca. Sort of like the alien creature that's with them throughout. Yeah. Um, obviously, nothing like Chewbacca, but um, uh, but obviously the flag that happened with the Phantom Menace, I think, definitely reduced that character. There, um, there, there is an edit of the Phantom Menace I've seen. It was quite a few years ago now that had edited out all the Jar Jar sequences. Yeah. yeah. Um and. I think it was called like the Jar Jar Menace or something like that. <laughs> um, it's, <laughs> it's, um, it does make up for a better film, you know, it's yeah. much shorter <laughs> for a start. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, it's the whole kind of, I don't know, computer generated. I know that's the way that movies were at the time, but I had issues with all of that. You know, yeah. it, it's very hard. You know, obviously I'm not an actor. You're not an actor. Um, but I can't imagine what it must be like just standing in a green room with a couple of boxes on the floor and okay. I'm, and then you have to act like you're in a star Wars film. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine how hard that must be. 
And the aesthetic between the prequels and the original trilogy is so, is so jarring, really. Yeah, that's um, the thing. Considering these are meant to be set a long time before the original trilogy, yeah, they look like they're set much further in the future. And yeah, that was, they, yeah, that was my. Yeah, I was yeah. like, well, this doesn't. Nah. nah. Yeah. No. Uh, and I suppose the idea was it's before the Empire's taken hold, so things are still sort of brand spanking new and all that type of thing. But, yeah. but yeah, yeah I mean. I know that's the reason why he waited so long to make any more Star Wars films was partly because he was burnt out from doing them and also partly he wanted to do other things, but also partly because he didn't feel the technology was there to continue them. Yeah. Um, but I don't mind The Phantom Menace. Um, there's a lot of people that were kids when the prequel trilogy come out who hold the prequel trilogy much higher than probably yeah. what we would, especially one that's coming uh, it's coming up <laughs> um but um i do enjoy the phantom menace i do prefer it to attack of the clones in the grand scheme of things mm. there's certain things in there as i say i think the clone war should have started at the beginning of the, at the end of that film should i say i think um anakin should have been played by the same actor in all three films um and darth maul should have should have should have survived <laughs> Even though he does, yeah, that's a, he should well, have survived. That's, yeah, that's the thing. It was like you know, the two most interesting characters for me. It was Qui Gon Jinn and Darth Maul, and they both yeah. essentially get killed yeah. within the. You know, they don't even make it yeah. to the final scene. <laughs> if you if you'd yeah. had if you'd had if you'd got rid of Count Dooku completely and had Darth Maul in his place, mm. and that's the person that Anakin needs to defeat to become the Emperor's apprentice. Yeah, that, I think it would have made it just as interesting. If yeah, not, you know, yeah, just as yeah, good. Yeah, um, yeah. Considering how and, much of a, um, a strong character, almost pop culture icon that Darth Maul immediately yeah, became. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they brought him back. They yeah. brought him back. So um, Yeah, exactly. You know, quite why they felt the need to kind of kill off the character. Uh, yeah, cr- crazy. Yeah, I know. Crazy. I mean, I know he acts. He's more, he's more like a heavy in some respects, isn't he? He's like the Emperor's yeah, but go and do that. Sort of thing. Doesn't but, matter. You know, doesn't matter. He's, he, he's uh, the, you the know, mystery element. Carry, sorry, carry on. No, that's all right. Um, it was like you say. Yes, he was just a heavy, but like like Boba Fett's, you know, supposed death in Jedi. You know, yeah. within the first kind of twenty minutes, half an hour of the film, this again iconic character. I I just don't I just don't get that kind of decision making. He yeah. obviously knew that Boba Fett was a was a pop culture, you know, an, an incredibly well-loved character hence why he was brought back for jedi but just to yeah. kill him in that way without yeah. barely doing anything in, in the film i just i just i know i just don't get that kind of decision making but as yeah. evidence why these characters be... have been brought back years later. yeah yeah i mean darth maul looks so good as well you know yeah, that's such a striking yeah, image strong. and i think they already knew what the reaction for him was was from the early trailers and because he's actually his face and stuff was was put forward quite early on um so yeah i mean the phantom menace i don't think it's as bad as some people make out i do think it's entertaining i think liam neeson's really good in it um and i think he sacrificed at the end i think that makes sense i think you know as i say um i think i think ewan mcgregor is a good obi-wan and i I really can't wait for this obi-wan kenobi series that's going to come next year i think that's you know, you're really going to see you and McGregor as Obi Wan. I think that'd be really, really good. Um, but anyway, that's my number ten, The Phantom Menace. So, and your number ten too. So at the moment we're uh, right on track. So this is might be. I reckon this may be where it differs. So number nine. What's your number uh, nine? My number nine is Revenge of the Sith. So my number nine is Solo, a Star Wars story. Okay. Okay, so what's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is Return of the Jedi. My number eight is Revenge of the Sith. Okay. So let's talk about Revenge of the Sith. Now, you know, I was saying about earlier that some people, um, about, you know, and I've seen them on YouTube, you know, they are, they were kids when the prequel trilogy came out. Some of them have this as their number one Star Wars film. They put it over, they will have this as their number one Star Wars film. Quite easy. Number one, number two, absolutely love this film. I can understand why, because it's definite step up 
a definite step up. The aesthetic, the look of it, special effects, the um, uh, some of the acting's better. Hugh McGregor sort of letting rip a bit more. That first sort of prologue bit where you could see Anakin and Obi Wan together, and they've got a bit of banter going on. This is what we should have had in the film previous. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the action sequences are good. There's a load of good bits in it, um, but it still sort of falls into that prequel trap a little bit of maybe too much special effects, a bit wooden acting. Um, but it's definitely a more effective use of the prequels then. It's almost like this is the film he always wanted to make, but he had to flesh out all the all the origin stuff with another two films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was kind of said at the time. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's the best of the worst. <laughs> For, you know, for me, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, it's kind of damning with faint praise, but um, the whole the whole sequences of Anakin getting seduced to the dark sides, I think is really well done. His, his scenes with with the Emperor, yeah. I really enjoy. I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Ian Ian McDermott is. Oh, he, I think brilliant. he's great. You know, scenery chewing, it's wonderful. He knows. Such a you good know, villain. Such no, a good he's, villain. He's a great villain. He's a great villain. It was, and it was, you know, it was, um, and the Anakin Obi Wan fight. I mean, the last thirty minutes in general in this film are are great. Yeah. And that whole Anakin yeah. Obi Wan fight, I have the higher ground. All of that sequence yeah. is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah. You know, I'd be waiting for that for like I don't know, essentially what six, seven hours worth of Star Wars films by this yeah. point, you know. And the whole, you know, Order 66, killing, um, you know, the Jedi and the younglings, that whole sequence is brilliant. It's, it's yeah. so well done with the music. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. But all the good work in this film is ruined by the, no! <laughs> the, oh, yeah, because that, before that, when, when that, no. when that, um, when the um, helmet sort of lowers down yeah. slowly on it, brilliant. and then it brilliant. sort of pauses, the whole the whole sound pauses, yeah. and then suddenly the breathing comes yeah. up, and you can see that the air moving up and down because the breathing yeah. is brilliant. Oh, Absolutely, it's so brilliant. that's it's how they should have ended. Yeah, yeah, that's how they should have ended. That's all you needed. Oh, yeah, you know, that's all you needed. And her also, Padme dying because of a heart broken. Yeah, I'm sorry. To be honest, I'd rather have had it that she died because Anakin choked her. That's what it should have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anakin choked her. They managed to save the babies. They managed to save the babies, but because if he choked her, it was she was too far gone and she dies. That that's what it should be. Anakin should have been the one. Darth Vader's killed her. That's as simple as that. And he's done it by accident. It's gone too far. That to me makes more sense than dying of a broken heart. She's a strong character. She's a strong senator and queen, and to sort of then do that to her yeah. is like ah, doesn't doesn't ring true. You mean you, she wouldn't want to stay alive to to see her children yeah, and exactly. bring up her children and, and protect and save them from the emperor? Of course she would. So it's got to, it should be. I always sort of sort of fan. Fan changing taste. Not a broken heart at all. She died because Anakin choked her. Yeah. He did. Yes, what he yeah. did. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of good things in this film. And as you say, that, I mean, I can remember having I had this old Star Wars annual, which I bought in a jumble sale from, and I think it was the Star Wars annual that had come out just after the original film. And it had this thing about, it had this sort of, um, blurb about the empire strikes back coming out and it said something about um, um darth vader was um why reason why darth vader's in his suit is because obi-wan and him had this fight and he fell into lava and that's all it, has <laughs> wow. to, that's all it said that's all it said and, and you're like oh i didn't realize that oh wow amazing and, uh, so he already had always had that there was some sort of thing like that that happened and um and i think this is i think a lot of the ideas that he had from the original in the original trilogy the backstories is in revenge of the sith um i don't i don't believe he sat there go writing stuff about jar jar binks and qui-gon Jinn back in 1975 <laughs> no, i don't think so no way I, so. no. I think 
the fight and what happened a little bit with the Jedi and the Emperor and that, I think that probably was some of the backstory that he'd written when he started writing the original Star Wars film. And I think that's why it comes over well, because it's part from part of his original ideas. Mm. But um, Yeah, but I mean, there's still wooden acting from Hayden Christensen, isn't there? Yeah, it's... Um, I mean... It... The best stuff that Hayden Christensen does in this film are the bits where he's just looking moody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fighting and the bits where he's just having to look menacing, especially towards the ends. You know, he's 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 good at that. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's again damning with faint praise, but um, I, I think he look. You know, the the whole fight sequence, as I said before, with him and uh, with Anakin and. And Obi Wan, I think it's really well done. I mean, yeah. it, again, it's just, it's. I know it's all green screen, and I've said it before, and it, it, this will be the last time I say it um, because uh, you know this, um, you know, the first three on my list were the um, episodes one, two, and three. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's just the green screen. Although, you know, I, I, I actually, I actually saw this this film when I was, I was on a holiday in, yeah, in Florida. Uh, summer of 2005 yeah and i i I thoroughly actually enjoy i went in with zero i actually went in with zero expectation for this film i'd seen the reviews people saying it's the best of the of of this trilogy i was like okay well yeah you know it's the film that everyone's been waiting for yeah. The film where Anakin turns into Darth Vader. I'm like, okay, you know. Yeah. And I, I remember coming out at the ends, and I was, I was like, okay, I actually, I actually quite enjoyed that. Yeah. You know? And it, I think it is the only time of all the Star Wars films I've seen in the cinema that I've gone in with zero expectation. Yeah. yeah. It's the only time. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I, I saw it at the Odeon Leicester Square because I was living in London at the time and I went mm. to one of the first showings at the Odeon Leicester Square um, for the for Revenge of the Sith with a few friends and it was packed as often the London cinemas are at any time of the day um, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the audience and the crowd were well up for it and, they did, and there was that thing that they do in London which you, you get also get in America but you don't really get over here. In, other, in any other place in the country is that everyone claps at the beginning and claps at the end but people were clapping quite vigorously at the end of Revenge of the Sith so you sort of thought well yeah. it must have gone down pretty well so I've always enjoyed it um, and mm. um, oh, that's probably why I've got it a little bit higher than you but not much higher because I agree with you on all the prequel things I, uh, but I do think it's the best I think it's got some really good sequences in it Um and obviously anything with Darth Vader in it is, is sometimes makes you wonder, oh, you could have had a whole film with Darth Vader in. If it happened at the beginning and had Darth Vader in doing all of all, as, oh, as yeah. dressed as Darth Vader. But, That'd be amazing. you know, yeah. So, right. So that was my number eight and your number nine. Correct. So, um, yep. so we've, we've can't, I haven't spoken about my number nine because it hasn't come up yet. Um, your number eight was Return of the Jedi. Correct. So what's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is uh, Rise of Skywalker. So my number seven is also Rise of Skywalker. And okay. this is the one I had to... I haven't got it individually, so I'm just going to hold up this massive box set that I have. The Skywalker <laughs> Saga box set. <laughs> Product um, placement. It's ever going to bring it back. Um, <laughs> and I, this is the one I watched this week, because obviously I haven't seen this one that much. And I just wanted to double check whether... Revenge of the Shift should be higher than it. I was going to see if I needed to swap them over. I knew it was going to be sort of like that. Um, there's a lot of negative negativity about the Rise of Skywalker, and I've seen people do their Star Wars rackings with this at, num- at the bottom, mm. Mm. Um, yeah. even below Attack of the Clones. Um, I don't think it's that bad I, I, at all. I do think it's a mid-tier Star Wars film. I think you and I have got it more or less in the right position i think there are issues with it um but i also think that it goes along at a real great pace um there's lots of things that happen in it almost too much at times but there's loads of things that happen in it i don't mind the bringing back the emperor i wish it was more set up in the previous two but i don't mind bringing back the emperor um i'm not 100 percent convinced about adam driver turning good 
I'm not uh, Carlo Renta because he's done too much bad stuff. Um, mm. And I'll explain why when we get to both talk about Return of the Jedi, why I feel that works better than Kylo Ren's character. Um, but I don't 100% accept that him turning good. And I wish Luke was in it more. Um, but Rise of Skywalker, I think, works pretty well as a as a closer. Um, I think the issue with this sequel trilogy is that there doesn't seem to have... At the very beginning, back in 2013, I don't feel, and I may be wrong, they all sat in a room and gone, right, this is what's happening in the first one. This is what's happening in the second one. This is what's happening in the third one. It almost feels like they've done Chinese whispers <laughs> where they've made a film, gone, here you go. You do the next bit. Ryan Johnson's gone, I'm doing this bit. And he's completely thrown things out of the window that J.J. Abrams used, brought stuff in himself. It then went to Colin Trevorrow, and Colin Trevorrow was like, right, I'm going to do this. Falls out with Lucasfilm. And Lucasfilm basically goes to J.J. Abrams, right, you've now got to bring it home. He completely changes it. Sort of picks up a few threads from The Last, Last Jedi, but not that much. No, not, not Most enough, stuff from Force Awakens. And then it, then it feels rushed. The whole film feels rushed. Yeah. In, in my opinion, it either should have been half an hour longer and gone, right, let's go it all out. We're going to have a three-hour film because then we can explain things more. We can take a bit more take a bit more breath, slow the pace down a bit. Whereas when we've been moaning about Attack of the Clones, the fact that it's been slow in places, this one needs to be a bit slower. Yeah. Or they should have split it into two parts, and episode nine and episode ten. That And I think that was discussed at one point. So... Anyway, I've sort of gone on a bit for about Rise of Skywalker, but I like <laughs> it. I do enjoy it, and I watch it, and I do enjoy it. There's a lot of good things about that, mm. about it. A lot of good things happen in it. I like J.J. Abrams as a director. Mm. I think he's he's really good at... A lot of people are a little bit down on him, a little bit down on this sequel trilogy. Um, and a lot of people who are down on the sequel trilogy are the people that likes the prequel trilogy. It's, yeah. it's strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Again, it's kind of it's it's similar to what I was saying earlier about the people that were that were kids in the early eighties and the late seventies, you know, completely kind of disregarded the um, the episodes one, two, and three, yeah. and the people that were kids in the episodes one, two, and three have completely disregarded this trilogy, yeah. which the older fans like us and the next generation older love. Yeah. Is, this this final trilogy, you know. I don't have a problem with Disney taking. I don't have oh, a problem God, with any no. of this. I, I don't have. Uh, and as you can see from our ranking, uh, you know, uh, yeah. the, the lowest one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I did, I put Solo at nine, but I enjoy yeah. it still. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like, oh, yeah. it's rubbish. It's not. Um. So I mean, your my lowest is Solo. Your ro- lowest is Rise of Skywalker at seven. Yeah. So that means yeah, you've got exactly. another four of them, and I've yeah. got another three of them above yeah. it. So. Yeah. I mean, my, my my problems with this film are, like you said, about it was that 180-degree turn after Last Jedi. I am a kind of staunch Last Jedi defender. Yeah. I love the risk. See, the thing is, right, Star Wars fans, so-called Star Wars fans, are absolutely fucking impossible to please. Yeah. Absolutely impossible to please. And it winds me up something rotten. I think the whole kind of fan service that Rise of Skywalker did, the way it virtually completely ignored all of Last Jedi. Yeah. So many, so many things that I won't go into now because... I could just do a three-hour podcast on that. Well, maybe we should one day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have issues. I, I think it would have been cooler bringing Palpatine back at the end of Last Jedi. Yeah. A little kind of almost Marvel-esque post-credit yeah. sequence. Yeah. Just something 10 seconds of his face or his cackling laugh, like they did in that first trailer mm. for Rise of Skywalker. Um, I th- you know, I don't mind bringing Palpatine back. It was just the way he was kind of brought back with 
the way it was. I think it was the first sentence of the opening crawl. The Emperor is alive. Yeah. Or something yeah, like so, that. You know, you can't not read it without sounding like Brian Blessed. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's the reason why I sometimes think it sh- maybe should have been divided into two. Yeah, because well, then episode I, nine should have set it up a bit better for episode yeah, ten then to deliver it. I, I don't think it should done it as two films I, I i agree with you on the other thing you said about it being half an hour longer i'd have no yeah, issue with yeah. that no i've got no issue even longer than that do it as a three and a half hour film there yeah. was so, like you said there was so much to cram into this film yeah even though it was best part of three hours i think yeah it yeah. still felt a bit rushed which is yeah. mad. it's mad yeah, I know, I know. it does there was and uh, the biggest thing for me was the fact they'd they'd completely disregarded one of the best things to come out of Last Jedi, which was Kelly Marie Tran's character. Yeah. yeah. You know, her character was brilliant. Yeah. So good. And then completely just, just disregarded one scene. Yeah. She had one scene. And they oh, sort of used her as the person that had to track to Leah because they had yeah. to then sort of bring in the, the, the sort of old footage, which I must admit, I think efficiency much more than I even thought yeah, she would be. But she, but Rose, Rose, the character of Rose should have been off with them. She yes, should have been the one on that thing with them. She was um, essentially, you know, one of the main characters in Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it, half was... an hour longer, you could have given her a few things to do. Yep. I mean, even at the very beginning, when Finn and Poe are trying to get that info, she should have been on the Millennium yeah, Falcon with yeah, them. Yeah, she should have been. Simple as that. In like those three, yeah. you know. Were so. Um, I mean, um, I mean, Han, Han, Han I mean, coming back, Han coming back was great. Yeah, um, no, Lamb, that works well. You know, it yeah. was. You know, I'm not going to lie. I I nearly did do a little cry when when Lando turned up. That was wonderful. <laughs> when, when he says the lines, yeah. you know, say hello to the princess for me. You know, it, I I loved it. I I know it's cheesy, but it you yeah, know, I, know. I, yeah. I always loved the Lando character. He yeah. was my favorite figure. The yeah, Jedi, yeah. the Jedi figure with his with the, yeah. with the mask on. That was, you know, and I, I always. It are really good, you know. Um, Oscar Isaac, um, John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, they're all really good in it. Um, it looks good. I mean, the, the stuff I love the stuff, um, going through the deserted Death Star in the water and the lightsaber fight. It's a little bit of a shame that's not the climax. I mean, just imagine a climax where they're having a battle around a Death Star, you could have the ships going through the Death Star have a lightsaber fight on it that would have been a, a tremendous climax yeah, yeah, but true, obviously true, they true. used um and i i mean the colin colin trevorrow script that's been across the internet the yeah. final battle was going to be on Coruscant, yeah. which to me sounds good because you haven't seen Coruscant since no. revenge of the sith no, it's, exactly. um it's very briefly in solo but i haven't seen it since revenge of the sith so that would make sense because mm. it seems to have dis- it seems to have disappeared um yeah. <laughs> And um, Luke was going to haunt Kylo Ren yeah. throughout the film, like yeah. he promised he was going to at the end of The Last Jedi, yeah. Yeah. and even have a lightsaber fight with Kylo Ren. Now, that might have justified the turning into the goodness a bit better yeah. than, of course, I know, I understand why it happened. You know, um, Ray sort of healed him, he sort of heard his mother. Han Solo comes back as the chat with him. It sort of, it sort of turns it round a bit, but you know, and 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 also Finn keeps saying to Ray, "I've got to tell you something. I've got to tell you something." He never tells her. He never tells her. What was you, it? He go, right? Well, she gonna tell her that he's he's got feelings for her, or yeah. What, what, apparently, he's got he's got the force. That's yeah, that was going to be the thing, wasn't it? And I, yeah, I just I never understood. No, he, he, he basically says towards the end. Um, how do you know? She goes, how do you know? Um, I can't remember the character that they meet on the planet, the other Stormtrooper character, the female Stormtrooper character. And she goes, how did you know that? And he turns around and goes, I can feel it. And that's yeah. the only hint. Yeah, it's on. But he never tells that. Oh. And you're like, surely if surely there's got to be something that was in the script or in there somewhere where he tells her that yeah. he's got the force. Because at first it does feel like he's going to tell he's got feelings for her. Yeah, 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 yeah. completely. Um... And, and they make a thing of it. You're like, Poe's going, you're going to tell me now what, what you're going to say and all that type of thing. It's like, you don't want me around. And, and you're like, we never tell her. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
And, and it, it, you know, it's never really explained how the Emperor comes back. They, I mean, one character does say cloning technology, which is obviously what it is. And, oh, yeah. and yeah. Um, he, he does say that line from Revenge of the Sith that um, the dark side has um, elements of it that are thought to be unnatural. I'm getting it wrong, but about that. Yeah. And, you know, he sort of, sort of says that he, he Snoke was a clone that he'd put together. But a lot of that needed to be expanded. And even at the beginning, you know, when um, Kylo Ren's looking for that sort of the, the triangular thing to find yeah. the wavefinder, they call it, to Way find finder. the Emperor. That is actually on Mustafar, the lava planet. Yeah. And they, apparently there was a, like a art drawn of of Kylo Ren outside Darth Vader's castle that we see in Rogue One. And I mean, that that would have been brilliant. Been amazing. Um, I don't yeah. know if it's filmed or not, but that would have been a little bit more explanation of where he is and all that type of thing would have, would have made sense where, where he, why he's picked this wayfinder up. And, um, but I mean, it sounds like we've been incredibly negative about it, but I do still really enjoy it. I think it yeah. goes along at a pace as a, as a bit where they're trying to look for things, but an Indiana Jones quality, yeah. which is quite yeah. nice. Yeah. And then there's all yeah. the stormtroopers with the jetpacks and all of that I, I love. And I think it works really well. And the actors are always really good. And it's no wooden acting. They're all going for it. It looks really good. J.J. Abrams stuff always looks really good. Oh, so the score's great as usual. Um, it's just, as you say, or as we both said, it just feels rushed. Yeah, that was always that was always my biggest problem with it. And do you think that Ryan Johnson should have been given episode nine? Yes. Yes, I, I do. do. I do. I think they were too scared. Yeah, I generally I think, think they were too you know, scared. Forget what the fans say. The best thing would have been because he, JJ Abrams, started it off. Ryan Johnson took it in his own direction. It would have worked better if Ryan Johnson finished it off. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I yeah, I, I do generally think that. And I, you know, I, it it just goes to show how powerful the Star Wars fan community are. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Even with the biggest company in the world, who will soon own everything, hello, yeah. hello Disney, yeah. right? That a few thousands whinging, faceless internet trolls yeah. Yeah. can have such an effect on something that I hold yeah. so dear to my heart, as do you. Yeah. I find that crazy. You've I, got to do the best thing for the film, and you've yes. got to forget what the fans are saying. Yes. And and a lot of these fans are based in the states. Let's not let's not because a lot yeah, of people I speak to like yeah. the Last Jedi. Yeah. Critics yeah. love the Last Jedi. Yeah. And yeah. I I think that yeah. right if Ryan there's always been these rumours that Ryan Johnson was given a trilogy. Whether that's still happening or not, he's going to do an own Star Wars. I doubt it. I doubt it. I heard something about it recently that apparently it was it's yeah. still a thing. But uh, I think as Mandalorian has shown. The expanded universe future is through is through TV. Yeah. With, you know, with, with... unless unless Ryan Johnson does episode 10, 11, and twelve, because I don't care what they say, I think that will come. <laughs> yeah, of course it will. Of course it will. Not for a while. I don't think. I mean, the next film is going to be Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron, but that's that's a while away. Yeah. You know. You know. Um, I think it's uh, good. It's taking a break from the cinema. No, I think so. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up later with the whole Star Wars fatigue. Not for me personally, but again, uh, for those faceless internet people yeah, out there. Yeah. you know, It's strange how people don't get fatigued by the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But no, they don't. By no. And I won't, film I won't anyway. lie. <laughs> I got fatigued by the Marvel Universe a long time ago. Yeah. And I was always one of these people... When's the bubble going to burst with Marvel? When's there going to be that first colossal flop? When's yeah. it going to happen? And it never happened. I yeah, couldn't no. believe it. Yet, In fact, anything, they're getting bigger. Yeah, In fact, the films are getting yet, bigger. And, and yet you get five Star Wars films in five years, right? Yeah. And people called that fatigue. Yeah. I, 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 I just worry, couldn't, I, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand my it. worry about too many TV shows is it I my mind is it all what Star Wars was always for the cinema and my, my my sort of thing that I always preferred Star Wars over to Star Trek because it has that cinematic quality and I know Mandalorian's really good don't get me wrong yes. but my worry is that if 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 they keep having success on the TV 
all the t- for the next few shows. You know, it carries on with um, it's the Boba Fett one and there's the Obi Wan. Uh, it's a load, to be honest. Yeah. Will that then start and go? Well, we won't bother releasing any stuff. No, no. I think there will, the, I think there will be films, but I think there'll maybe be a film every three or four years. Yeah. It won't be a yearly thing like it was. I wish that it continues. Because yeah. initially, the Obi-Wan thing was going to be a film. The yeah. Boba Fett one was going to be a film. Yeah. You know, but to be honest with me personally, I I don't particularly have an issue with the TV shows because you're not restricted by a three-hour runtime. Uh, you know, you can roll that story on. Yeah. Uh, you know? yeah. All budget it, anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, if there is a great story to tell, as proved by The Mandalorian, yeah. I didn't really know what to do. I went into that with pretty much zero yeah. expectation. I was like, well, let's see what happens. And by the end of season two, wow. Well, well, the thing is with TV now is they'll throw the budget at it. And yeah. you would yeah. never have got that in the 80s or 90s. I mean, if it was a Star oh. Wars TV show in the 80s, yes, it probably would have been probably the, one of the most expensive TV shows at that time, but it, it would have, have looked, looked like a TV it show. It would, have looked like, yeah. it would have looked like Miami Vice. You know? Well, yeah, it would have looked like Star Trek The Next Generation, which at the yeah. time looked good, don't yeah, get me wrong, but it didn't look cinematic. Whereas the Marvel TV shows, Star Wars TV shows do, and because they're throwing movie budgets at these TV shows, they're getting movie actors in yeah. to do these TV shows. We're, we're, we're so, in the next golden age of TV. Yeah, oh, yeah. Completely. It's amazing. It's amazing yeah, it's what crazy. we get. Anyway, so we actually spoke about Rise of Skywalker. Well, we, in, in the end, we do like it, don't we? We, we, actually, we do. <laughs> we do. We do. Yeah. What's your number six? My number six is Solo, a Star Wars right, story. So, so that was my number nine. Um, now, this could have been an absolute disaster, this film. It really could have been because... You know, change of directors, um, somebody else playing Han Solo. Um, and to be honest, how it's it's unbelievable it's good as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've just got it low, not because I don't like it. I really enjoy it every time I watch it. I just yeah. think it's a little bit bland. And so um, I think Revenge of the Sith is just about higher just a little bit higher for me just because of what happens in it. Mm. Um, mm. I do enjoy it. I must admit, I do enjoy it. I like, I think all the casting, I think Donald Glover is Lando. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Inspired, inspired casting. casting. Inspiring casting. Yeah. I mean, I could see, I hope if they, if they bring some of these people back, which I imagine they might for some of the TV series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do hope they get Double Glover to. Oh, they to will. Of course they will. Of course they will. Um, I think I think this film will get um, will get sort of continued in the TV series at some point, whether it be Amelia Clark, Darth Maul. I think there's just too much. Even Han Solo and Chewbacca. I think there's just too much going on in this, not for them to tap into it. Um, why it was a bit of a flop was a bit of a surprise. But I think it was a little bit, as you saying, I think I, I, I don't think um, it was marketed that well. I think I think it was marketed very late and they seem to have sort of taken a long while to market it. And I think I, I know people who are Star Wars fans didn't even realise it was out. Really? <laughs> Blimey. I didn't so, realise it was that bad. No, I yeah. didn't. They didn't even know it was out. I, you know, said I went. I, I can remember saying to a friend, "I went to see Solo last week." I said, oh, I thought it was out at Christmas. Mm. See, so, you now it's out now. It's out, it's that out was, now. It's, it's, that was the problem. That it was. It came out just um, six months. Um, was it before or after? After was, Last Jedi. Oh, sorry, after Last Jedi. That yeah. was yeah, yeah. You know, six months afterwards. Yeah. And yeah, that was that was the problem. Um, well, few weeks after, few weeks after Avengers Endgame as well, which was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah, think that... I think because of all the issues with it, they didn't start doing all the trailers and stuff till quite late on, yeah. um, and they had to pump a load of money. It's one of the most expensive films of all time. I think it is the most expensive Star Wars film. Yeah. yeah. Um, and but I enjoy. I mean, Paul Bettany as well as the baddie is excellent. Um, so. But what, why have you why have you got it higher? Um, 
I think it's more to do with the fact that, like you said, it was amazing how well this film turned out because of yeah. considering, you know, the the absolute shitstorm that it went through yeah. to being made. Yeah. Um, you know, Ron so had, many films that so many films that get this this happens to it yeah. turn out absolute disaster. Awful, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, what the way Ron Howard kind of, you know, tied the shoelaces up at the end and, and gave it this you know, finish this kind of finished product and put it out yeah. there. It, it was brilliantly yeah. done. Yeah. But in a good way. Yeah. Um, more kind of nerdy Star Wars stuff, like you find out what the Castle Run is. Yeah. You find out yeah. how, how Han gets his last name. Uh, you you find out, you know, again, the kind of the throw, almost throwaway one line you get in Empire of how Han won the Falcon off Lando. Yeah. You, you yeah. see that. And, yeah. You know, I, like you were saying earlier about the stuff you read in the Star Wars annual. Yeah. I always would kind of picture in my mind what Lando and Han were playing yeah. when the stakes got that, that high that, you know, the keys to the Falcon were put in, you know, yeah. as as yeah. <clears throat> How he meets Chewbacca. The high sequence on that elevated train yeah. is one of my absolute favourite Star Wars sequences. No, it's really good. It's, it's, really it's good. so well done. Yeah. It's so well shot. Uh, Woody Harrelson, I think, is fantastic in this film. Yeah. Um, he's great. Uh, he's great in whatever he does, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think, I think Ron Howard is a safe payer of hands, so that's that could be a yeah. criticism, but good thing because they yeah, needed yeah. to bring home. So yeah. some people were criticizing, oh, they haven't chosen, you know, a woman, or they haven't chosen this to replace them. They needed someone who was an experienced director yeah. to come in and take it home for them. Now, whatever was happening with Lord, uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, it's a shame they didn't finish because I think you would have got a very different Star Wars film. To what, and, 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 uh, you know, you sort of think, well, why? You, that's what you want, isn't it, Lucasfilm? That's why you're hiring them. But obviously it wasn't going the way they wanted it. And we'll probably never find out what was going on. But um, I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of good things. I mean, there's an argument that, it seems to be very convenient that all of these things that shape Han happen over the course of one film, but there is yeah. some time jumps in it. But um, um, and that's the reason why. I mean, I think it was another actor who played Paul Bettany's part, but his act was it was going to be a CG character. This actor wasn't available when they had to do the reshoots. So once again, Ron Howard brings in a safe pair of a safe yeah. pair of hands, Paul Bettany, who's yeah. um, he's brilliant as the band. Yeah, yeah, he's great in it. Yeah, he's brilliant. Um. And, you know, the, the casting I thought was inspired. You said about it with Donald Glover as Lando. I thought the casting of, of Han, was, yeah. he's great. He's, yeah. he's, he's absolutely yeah. brilliant. He nails, he yeah. nails a young Harrison Ford. Yeah, even Harrison without Ford, doing an impression. Harry, without doing an impression of it. No, exactly. It's quite easy to start doing impressions. Of course, and, it is, of course it is. You know, even Harrison Ford said he nailed it. Yeah. And, and as we both know, it's very seldom that Harrison Ford has anything positive to say about anything Star Wars related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got the check for Force Awakens. Yeah, which yeah. Is yeah. <laughs> Everyone has their prices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone has their price. You keep on putting zeros on the end, eventually you will get a guess. Well, well, I read that Harrison Ford's pay for The Force Awakens was more than all the rest of the cast combined. Yeah, I can, I can, yeah, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm absolutely fine. You had with to that. have him in. You had to have him in. Yeah. So, um, but no, I like Solo, a Star Wars story, and I think the reason why that it's just slow is just because, just because it's a bit. It, it, it can't, I mean, the way actually, when you described it, I think actually it's not bland at all. But no, I, I, I generally don't think it's you know it moves along at a good rollicking pace. Yeah. There's some great set pieces. I love, I, I love the bit at the end where. I mean, you know, some detractors might go, you know, Darth Maul was just shooed, you know, shoehorned in. But I, I love that end sequence. Yeah, well, the, I like the, that. the fact that Amelia, Car- Amelia Clark's character was working yeah. for him. I was like, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, brilliant. You know, I remember coming out, of, coming out of the cinema at the end and going, wow, that was great. It serves as another good bridge between the prequel and the sequel trilogy. Yeah. I mean, exactly. the prequel and the original trilogy. Yeah, I mean, because you see the Empire then sort of building stuff you see them mm. on other planets you see what yeah. type of thing the underworld and, and it, it, it actually i think those two the two spin-off films solo and rogue one do quite a good job of 
bridging that yeah, gap completely. between the over special effects of the prequels and it sort of bridges yeah. the gap quite nicely then so when you go into the seek to the original trilogy yeah. it doesn't feel like such a such a leap no. i mean yeah yeah it's, uh, you know solo and especially rogue one you know it, I, I thought they had just the right amount of fan service like you say that whole bridging the gap yeah they were done so well and i, I do genuinely think it's it's a real shame that we're not really going to get any more kind of expanded universe or these kind of Star Wars story kind of films yeah. anymore. And it's, yeah. it's a shame. Cause I, you know, I was genuinely looking forward to, you know, I don't know, all of my forties yeah. uh, and fifties probably having a new Star Wars film every yeah. Christmas. I, 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 literally just, I was like, I, I can get used to this. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, we have been spoiled with all the about yeah. Star Wars stuff yeah, the last few years, but I know what you mean. I mean, I think Rogue Squadron will be some sort of spin-off, whether it will be a spin-off of the latest trilogy, <coughs> excuse me, of the latest trilogy, or a spin-off of the original trilogy. I think it will be set in that the period of the nine or eleven films. Yeah, yeah, I think um, it'll probably be it'll probably be um, you know around the time of A New Hope, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I and and I um. But I'm also quite excited to, to, to come out of this period completely. I think one of the TV series, which I can't remember what the name is at all, is going to be set like real in the past when you've got a lot of Sith and Jedis and stuff. And in some respects, that makes I'm more interested in that than I am actually in a Boba Fett one. Um, mm. um, I mean, I'm, 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 the Obi-Wan one's the one I'm really excited for. But <laughs> yes, the, yeah, the, yeah, the same, yeah. Like Boba Fett one, I'm like, yeah okay fine i'm sure it'd be good and i'm sure it will i mean obviously yeah. but i'm quite excited about this this series that they're gonna set far away and i'm and that's what the idea of ryan johnson's trilogy was going to be it was going to be set in either a different period or a completely different part of the universe that we haven't had before um as i say i still wouldn't be surprised if ryan johnson's working on episodes 10 11 and 12 and then this time they've gone right okay yeah. we, we we have mucked up a little bit yeah. let's do it properly one person doing the whole trilogy once every uh, three years yeah yeah and whatever the fans say that's it you know we're gonna do it yeah. um we'll see we'll see i might we you know as you say i i think the the ryan johnson trilogy will just disappear personally but yeah um, we'll see that was uh, music and film saves the world podcast um and that was the first part of uh, Gaz and I's Star Wars ranking. I'm back here just to give you a bit of an outro. Uh, episode two uh, of the Star Wars ranking will be available for you in a couple of weeks' time. So thank you very much for listening. Apologies again for the slight echo of my voice. Um, hopefully that uh, didn't spoil your enjoyment too much. But take care, and uh, you'll hear part two very soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.